All right, it's time for week four for the Back Judge Podcast. Lee Murray is back on the show. Tommy Murray out in the West Coast. I'm here in Syracuse holding it down as our, our faithful host. And uh, I, I, you know, I, I've worked in the uh, media industry, even done some some political reporting in my day. Uh, so you know, I have connections, and I just wanted to let you boys know. Uh, you know, Chris Wallace is a good friend of mine, and he he called me last night after the debate, and he was like. Yeah, I, now I know what it's like to be uh, on the Backjudge podcast during an NFC East division preview yeah. <laughs> with, with the Murray boys going at it and just you know not really knowing what to do. So you know, he he was in he was in the uh, in the mirror room there. That was awesome, Clep. Pretty pretty similar situations, Completely. pretty similar scenarios. Completely. Leon, Leon, a little bit younger, a little bit younger guys, but similar uh, banter, I would say. No, no Leo, one can have the last say in a, in a Murray boys argument. Well, while Lee is, uh, you know, a much better person than our president, I think that some of Trump's cognitive biases and Lee's cognitive bias with the Giants, I think, are similar. I, I, I felt like good old sleep uh, Joe Biden last night. Um, and, and not to, you know, drag our intro in too long here, but uh, I feel like Lee, you'd be most interested in hearing this. That uh, this weekend, I'm taking a little vacation. I'm meeting Crehan in Vermont, and we're going camping. God, I love to hear that, man. I mean, maybe not the camping part because I'm not a huge camping guy, but I've always, I've Vermont's like top three states I want to visit that I haven't been to. I've heard nothing but good things about it. A little bit of fall action in Vermont. I mean, well, you're a camping guy. Tell you it seems like with Hefe eating some spaghettios out the can. No, I I like camping. I just got, I had that bad experience senior year going to Tennessee. (laughs) Um, and you know, we don't have to get into the detail. We don't have to get into the grimy details of me camping in Tennessee. I ended up, you know, what's, uh, what's Charlotte like at three in the morning? What's Charlotte like at three in the morning? Which exactly Charlotte didn't meet my expectations. And, uh, you know, that's how memories are made though, by improvisational decisions like that. But, uh, maybe I'll give camping another go soon enough. Maybe if it's in Vermont, I don't know. It was a, it was a long drive to the Windy City, but. Let's, uh, let's get into these week four Indeed. games. Um, I don't think we have to spend much on, on this one. I mean, Broncos and Jets, two uh, teams that are kind of in the gutter right now. The Broncos, I think, have the most um, money on their injured reserve like more by like 20% in the NFL. It's kind of ridiculous how big, uh, how many big injuries they've had to their team. But um, with no lock, they're starting Brett Ripien. Ripping something like that, uh, going up against Darnold and the Jets. Um, not too much to say about this game in terms of betting either. I don't really want to touch it. It's minus two for the Jets. They are favored, which is kind of surprising. I think I'd lean Broncos just based on general competency of the organization, but um, not too impressed with either of these teams uh, so far in the year. Yeah, I'll take it over just for 30 seconds because there's not too much to talk about here. We got a, another dud of a Thursday night matchup. Hopefully, it can be at least somewhat, you know, entertaining with two bad teams. But uh, I, I bet on the Jets when they were plus 125 on the money line. I'll be honest. I, I put them in a parlay for a low amount of money um, because I do think there's value there with the uncertainty at quarterback with De- in Denver. So I'll be picking the Jets. But now that they're down to a minus two, uh, I'm not that interested in it. I'm, I'm more just going to be watching as a fan. I don't even know how much I'm going to be watching, but I do want to say this is a Denver Broncos team that slowly is starting to look like a team that could be contesting for a top five pick, um, especially if they lose this game. Um, so, you know, you don't know what the what the quarterback situation is going to be like without Locke. 
Um, I remember Rippon at, at Boise State. He actually <clears throat> made Ryan Finley transfer. Um, he won the job over Ryan Finley and made him transfer there at Boise State. And he was impressive in college, but I don't necessarily think he's going to be an upgrade from Driscoll. Not a lot of experience. So, you know, with Locke being out, I think this is a Broncos team that could be seeing, with, like you said, with the IR situation, Clep, things go from uh, from bad to worse here and maybe could be competing for the in the Trevor Lawrence, you know, Justin Fields, Trey Lance sweepstakes, however you want to phrase it. Yeah, Lee, I think you did a great job of summing it up there. Um, I'm going with the Jets as well. I think, uh, you know, when the line first dropped on Sunday, I believe the Jets were plus three. And then once the quarterback changed, that announced, it, uh, you know, it obviously went off the market and came back as Jets minus two. But definitely uh, I'm going to pick the Jets just because it's just Adam Gase knows if he loses, he's going to get fired and he's going to keep – this is the perfect, you know, Adam Gase, like when Darnold came back from Mono last year where um, – you know, I just kind of think the Jets are a better team, and I think, you know, they've had they've had they've gone through a little bit of a, a tough schedule, and I think this is a nice opportunity for them to go up against a Broncos defense who's not bad by any means, but definitely isn't the likes of uh, Buffalo or San Francisco or, um, you know, even Indianapolis for that matter. Um, so yeah, I'll definitely be staying away at the current price, and just kind of I was a guy at Lee. Did Ripian uh, Ripian came out this past year, or was it two, was it two years ago that he came out? Do you remember? Um, I think it was. 19? I think he was a rookie last year. He yeah. was a rookie last year. I think. I, I liked him in college, uh, man. I know he uh, he was a bit of like a bit of a winner, and uh, I just based off college tape, I would ex- I I would think that Rippian was better than Driscoll, even though Driscoll is you know a little bit better of an athlete. Yeah, but in a um, situation like this, Driscoll's just got so many more reps. Totally. And even though Rippin may be better, you know, you never really know unless yeah. Rippin's going to come out and start and start ripping it. Uh, yeah, I don't think I, would, I don't think that's going to be the case though. I would think that he's an upgrade from a passing situ- uh, you know, a passing aspect, and um, yeah. you know, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see indeed. But I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Jets this week, and you know, I want to see Darnold. Shout out! Shout out, Mike Ojemudia. Shout out, Mike Ojemudia. Lee, going off what you just said there, I'll put I'll I'll make my own uh, wager here plus two hundred on Joe Buck Joe Buck saying Rippin is ripping it. We'll see. <laughs> I like that clap. <laughs> Joe Buck, uh, Hall of Old Famer, Famer, by the way. Um, Arizona Cardinals traveling to the Carolina Panthers. I feel like we might talk about the Cardinals a little bit more um, when we get to the Lions-Saints game, uh, just based on what happened last Sunday. But, Tommy, my Panthers, baby. I told you. I, 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 was, I was ride or die with them week three, and you know it almost fell apart at the end there with the hook and ladder, but my Panthers yeah. came out with the win. Uh, big, big one for them on the way to the, the road to six, as it is in, in Carolina. And uh, here they're, you know, they're underdogs by three and a half points. I like the Cardinals to in a bounce back here, but good to see Panthers in the Matt Rule era get their first win. Jeremy Chin is looking like a stud. Yeah, yeah, Jeremy Chin looks awesome, man. I, I love to see it clap. And I will say, I know this is the classic hindsight 2020, but in my pick em this last week, I picked the Chargers, and it was the one game that if I could take anything back, I would pick the Panthers. It was the one game I was on the fence about the most. So I, I'll, I'll at least tip my cap to you, Klepp, for picking the Panthers. I thought that was an awesome pick by you. But I want to real quickly say this is my favorite bet of the week is the Cardinals minus three or three and a half. I've been seeing it move down to three in some books. Um, I think this is a great bounce back spot for them, although I think the Panthers have fight in them. Without McCaffrey um, and with the limited assets on defense, I think this is a great bounce-back spot for the Cardinals. Like you said, Clep, we'll talk about it more when we get to the Lions. But coming off this loss, um, I think this offense is far too explosive for the Panthers to keep up. 
and I'm looking for the Cardinals to win this game by a touchdown or more and really play their most complete game of the season, honestly, because uh, in all three games so far with the Cardinals, you can point, even in the San Francisco game, an impressive win, you can point at certain times where they were kind of letting it slip and they had to rely on their game-break ability at quarterback, at receiver, and with the weapons on offense and the, and the dynamic nature of the offense, they'd have to rely on that a little bit too much. So in this case, I think this is a spot where had the Cardinals won and the Panthers lost, which is which was highly possible, we could be seeing a six on this game. Um, and, I, and we're seeing a three and a three and a half. So I, I'm, I'm quick to lay the three and a half with Arizona here. Yeah, Lee, you just touched on something that I was going to touch on. Um, you know, I think the silver lining of of the Panthers getting that first win on the road to six is this is the perfect time to fade them. Um, and, you know, I do think Jeremy Chin, no doubt, has been impressive through three weeks. Derek Brown really had a good game against the Chargers, probably his best game of the season so far. Uh, and this offense is feisty with Teddy Bridgewater, and I think they're, you know, they're, they're, their passing attack is, you know, it kind of offers a high floor with DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, and Curtis Samuel. And even without McCaffrey, we saw with Mike Davis and, and Bonifant, that their rushing attack is still pretty effective as well. But to me, this, I, you know, my parlay of the week to save, to save my betting career is, is the Cardinals and the Seahawks on the money line for an even price. And I really think the Cardinals are a great bet this year. And I put that bet in on Monday because I was expecting this line to move more towards the five, six range for the Cardinals. And the fact that it's moving in the other direction kind of perplexes me. Um, I don't see how this Panthers defense is going to contain the Cardinals offense. And as we and, and Lee, you, you mentioned something about the Cardinals, kind of them looking forward to putting their best game of the season forward. And I don't know if they're I don't know if they're there yet as a cohesive unit. And I don't think they have to be, especially like a team like the Panthers. I think that Kyler, even when he makes boneheaded decisions like he did against the Lions, which I'm sure we'll get into later, um, he still offers such a high floor offensively with his rushing and what they're able to do with with New Hopkins and Kenyon Drake and Chase Edmonds. I just don't see uh, – I've always – I've been very low on the Panthers' defense this whole year and Panthers' offense on the other side. I think the Cardinals' defense is, is a little stingy. Um, the Panthers definitely are going to get theirs. Buda Baker's out. I will say that kind of worries me a bit. They were talking about moving Simmons to safety. Not to interrupt you, Tommy. Yeah, and, but, and yeah, Isaiah, that, that Simmons, kind of big... Isaiah Simmons has been not good in, to start his career off. Obviously, it's, it's way early to, to you know levy anything on him, but he's – you know to, it's – kind of something that I'm going to be looking forward going into draft season next year when you got a, another jack-of-all-trades, maybe like Micah Parsons. I know there's a bunch of guys coming out who are, are viewed in kind of that same hybrid role. Um, it's hard for them to just come into the league right away. And we saw in that week one that, uh, you know, Kyle Shanahan just attacked Isaiah Simmons and his play time has kind of decreased since then. Um, but that's kind of a side note. And I, and I think that he'll he'll be able to, you know, fill Buda Baker's role admirably. You know, we'll see. But uh, my main point is I just don't see how the Panthers can keep up scoring with the Cardinals, and I think the Cardinals' defense is, um, uh, you know, a, a step above. I, the I can Cardinals tell you how they'll defense. keep up, and that's if the Cardinals turn the ball over. Like that, the, the Panthers absolutely can keep up in this game. I don't want to make it sound like it's going to be a boat race. Like they can keep up in this game, just like the Lions did. If but you the, think Cardinals the Cardinals turn the ball do you think over, the, I mean, do you think the Panthers' offense is? Sem- I think the Lions are have a much better offense than the Panthers. I think the Lions have a better offense than the Panthers, but I I wouldn't I wouldn't bat my eyes for a second if if the Cardinals turn the ball over two or three times, the Panthers can put up 24, 27 points. Absolutely. I think that's highly possible. Um and that's why I really am betting on the Cardinals cuz I think there's going to be a zero in the turnover 
uh, sheet this week for Arizona, and I'm really looking forward to that. That's kind of what I meant, I guess, by a complete game. But, uh, Clap, we can yeah. move on if you, uh, if you Lee, want. Lee, why don't you take us to this next one because uh, the Colts are visiting the Bears. Nick Foles is the starter uh, for this game after coming in and winning the game at the end against Atlanta. I picked the Bears last week, um, but now they get a much tougher test uh, with the Colts, who have one of the better pass defenses in the NFL. Just where's your head at with – the Bears overall sitting at three and zero, and the Colts, you know, coming on a two-game win streak, um, coming off that loss in Week One with Jacksonville. Um, I guess there's a few there's a few ways to attack this. The first thing I'll say is that I'm, the Colts are growing on me. I, I was big on the Colts before the season. They obviously lose the opener to Jacksonville in kind of an ugly fashion, where they're out they outgain Jacksonville. You name it, they outplay Jacksonville in every way, um, but they can't find a way to win that game. And now I feel like the Colts are a team where Phillip Rivers, although you know he doesn't have the, the, the gusto in terms of skill that he did a few years ago, he still has that veteran leadership. I think that this team is becoming a little bit more cohesive and finding their identity as the season goes on. And then on the Bears' side of the token, like this is a team that I would have assumed to be 1-2 and two at this point, maybe even 0-3, honestly. I mean, they're a few plays away from being 0-3. And, and, you know, this team honestly scares me with Nick Foles at quarterback. If, if Nick Foles can play better than Mitch Trubisky, and by that I mean more consistent as a passer and making slightly less mistakes, um, they should be favored in this game, quite honestly. This is a spot where I'm a little, although ultimately I'll give it away, I'm picking the Colts, I'm a little bit surprised by this line. I will say that the Colts are going into Soldier Field against an undefeated Bears team and are favored. But with all that being said, um, man, I just can't buy in fully to this Bears team in the way that I can buy in with the Colts. Um, I think that Nagy is making a comeback a little bit as a play caller and as a coach. Um, And I think it's really a lot of weight is going to come down on the shoulders of Nick Foles. And obviously, you know, I don't expect him to be playing at that Super Bowl MVP caliber level. Um, I don't think a lot of people do expect him to be playing there. But if he does, this is going to be a playoff team in Chicago. Um, So... Uh, that that does concern me a little bit, and the 3-0 record speaks for itself. You can say what you want about the comebacks and the one play away in every game. I mean, the Bears are 3-0. But ultimately, I think the Colts are going to run the heck out of the football. This is a Bears defense that didn't doesn't play exceptionally well against the run like we kind of thought that they would um, based on years past. So I'm going to lean Colts here just because I like the coach better, and I think the Bears, dare I say it, are poised for a loss after after kind of sliding out of their first three with, with Ws. Yeah, I definitely think um, I agree with some stuff you said there, Lee. I definitely think Foles gives the Bears a higher floor, um, you know, just with what he's going to bring to the table, especially in the vertical passing attack. I think it's great for Allen Robinson. Um, but, you know, as someone who had their heart broken, we can run back the tape from last week, Clep. My, uh, my parlay was, was destroyed by the Falcons, you know, giving up that. That late four- well, mine was destroyed two weeks ago against the Cowboys, man. I'm right in the same boat yeah, with you. Yeah, so we've both been we've both we've both been taken out by the cardiac birds. Um, I think the Bears are fraudulent, man, and uh, I think they're the I think they're the most fraudulent three and team in the NFL. Um, you know whether they will shut me up, well, I think remains to be seen with Nick Foles. I definitely, like I just said, I think that he gives their offense a little bit higher of a floor. Um, from, a, from you know when what he's able to do from a decision making standpoint and what he's able to do you know attacking downfield I think that's why uh, they were e- they were able to come back on Atlanta so much as they were able to attack that secondary vertically and that's something that Trubisky just wasn't able to do when he was in uh, and although I I bagged on Xavier Rhodes and kind of was skeptical of this Colts secondary um, before the season 
I think this defense is coming together pretty nicely, and they're playing well. And Philip Rivers, I think, is is overperforming what I thought he was going to do. I think he's kind of doing what the prognosticators and what the the best case scenario for the Colts saw uh, envisioned. You know, this off season. Um, and and Jonathan Taylor is is playing really well behind you know probably the best offensive line in the in the NFL. So um, I, I definitely think I'd probably lean Colts minus two and a half, but. Uh, I, I'm going to stay away from it just so I can kind of get some more data on the Bears. Yeah, the one thing I would say, too, I mean, uh, if the Nick Foles starts playing well, look out for this Bears defense to start stepping up, too, because in the past yep. I really felt like the defense has just gone flat because of the lack of offensive um, uh, something to play for uh, on the offensive side. So if Nick Foles can put up a, a couple touchdowns in the first half, then I think this defense might really put the clamps on, too. So. Uh, definitely an interesting week for the Bears. Uh, this next game, Jags and Bengals, two teams that Club, who are you oh, picking? I'm picking the I'm picking the Colts. But okay. I don't know if the Bears won, that wouldn't surprise me at all. It's kind of a yeah, uh, it's a kind of a hope pick. Mm. Um, the Jags and the Bengals are playing. Um, Bengals have been in every single game this year. They just haven't been able to get the win. They probably should have won last week against the uh, the Eagles, but couldn't uh, get it all together. Uh, not you know too much on this game. I don't think either of these teams are even going to contend for that wild card spot uh, when it's all said and done. Uh, I think this is a big game for me and the Bengals on that road to six as well uh, with the Panthers. Uh, with, I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Bengals to win uh, over the Jags, but. Um, I don't know. Not not too much to say about this game. Yeah. Um, boy, this is a tough one just because the Jags have that extra rest for whatever that's worth. Um, I don't want to disrespect Gardner Minshew anymore. Um, you know, I think this is a guy who, talk about a chip on your shoulder, going to Cincinnati to play the number one pick. I think that definitely ignites a little bit of a fire in the belly of, uh, of Gardner Minshew. I mean, where the heck did James Robinson come out of? This guy looks like one of the best running backs in the NFL, honestly. Like, he he looks so dynamic. He looks so good. Um, Got to tip your cap to to the the foresight of the of the Jacksonville Jaguars coaching staff to see that James Robinson could be this yeah, dynamic. Yeah, the, the BJP front office um, missed him. Got to put our hands up. Yeah, absolutely, him. absolutely. And 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 he's a Redbird, Illinois State man. I should have been all over that guy. Um, but, uh, but yeah, man, Clef, I'm with you here. Uh, I think this is a great spot for Burrow to get his first win. Um, you know, I, I, I picked Miami last week over Jacksonville. I think a lot of people were really high on Jacksonville because of that week one win against the Colts and then playing the Titans to the very end in that second game. But, uh, this defense, man, I think is, is, I would say they're probably the worst in the league, if not a bottom three, uh, unit in the league. And I think this is going to be a situation where Joe Burrow kind of feasts a little bit. I think Cincinnati's got some underrated weapons on offense, man. And Tommy, shout out your fantasy team real quick. I'm looking for Joe Mixon to like step up and and have a a bigger game. And you know he can only control so much. I do want to say stop uh, stop putting Giovanni Bernard in the game. I was just you know? I was just about to say Joe Mixon can do all of those things better than Gio Bernard yeah. can do them. Maybe if Joe Mixon is tapping his helmet and needs a rest, throw Geo in there for, as a change of pace. But for, for Christ's sake, I mean, Mixon is just, in every category, a better player than Gio Bernard. I mean, nothing against Gio Bernard. But, um, yeah, let's see a big game from Joe Mixon against this uh, porous defense and the Bengals to win. Wouldn't play it, though. Don't like this Bengals team as a favorite. I like them more as an underdog. Um, 
Yeah, Leah, Lee and Klepp, I agree with a lot of the stuff that you just said there. Um, I'll attack the Jacksonville angle real quick. Um, you know, I think Garner Minshew will play well enough to, you know, make this team kind of untankable, and he will, you know, probably secure a, a 5 to 12 spot in the draft rather than a 1 through 5 spot. Um, but, you know, this all comes down to Burrow for me, who is playing like a top 10, top 12 quarterback right now. If he had protection, this team, uh, you know, would be a favorite for the division. I think they would they would have a much more explosive offense in Pittsburgh, and I really think that uh, this team would be, Lee, you mentioned the offensive weapons. Um, you know, I think this team, obviously they need to get a little better, and that'll happen, and the protection has to get better. But my main takeaway is how impressed I've been with Burrow um, through the first three weeks, which I, which I guess shouldn't be that surprising to all of us, but... The defense is tissue soft, too. Yeah, I mean, they're they're not great, but you're going up. I mean, you talked about Jacksonville's defense, Lee. I completely agree with you. I think they're a bottom three unit. Uh, and I and I definitely think this is a, a huge spot for Mixon to, bla- uh, to bounce back against. And, uh, you know, the Spengals defense, I like Jesse Bates. I like William Jackson. They at least have some pieces, um, you know, that make them a little scrappy. But uh, I actually think I would, I would lay the three with the Bengals here. Um, you know, I don't. I probably won't do it because I think there's better there's better bets on the board. But uh, I lean Bengals pretty pretty confidently in this game. Tommy, do you want to take this next one, buddy? Yeah, I'd uh, I'd love to take this next one. Um, you know, I a lot of you know the first takes of the world and the the mainstream sports media seem to be kind of harping on the Cowboys for, for losing this game against Seattle. Maybe that's just, you know, the ESPN first take. That's kind of what they do. But I was really never expecting that, that game against Seattle club. We talked about it. I said that this, there was going to be 60 points scored in that game pretty easily. And there was by the third quarter, um, that game kind of went exactly how I thought it, it did. And when the Cowboys went up with four minutes left, I knew they didn't have a chance. I mean, um, I guess, you know, to, to take it to Cleveland, um, I think the Cowboys are, are the side here. I don't know if I would touch the points just because, like we saw with, um, you know, in Cleveland's offense, I think is steps below Seattle's. But I do think that, you know, if you have a legitimate, not even a legitimate, but a semi-legitimate passing attack, you're going to be able to get after the Cowboys. Um, you know, just, uh, I, we need to see more from Tank Lawrence. Al- Alden Smith is exceeding my expectations. I thought he was going to be a nice piece when we are going through the, you know, division previews, the Cowboys preview. But, I'm pretty sure he's leading the league in sacks right now. I mean, he's he really looks like he is that talented that he can not play football for five years and then kind of come back and be one of the better edge rushers in the NFL. Um, but, you know, that being said, I think that this is a, a great uh, get-right spot for the Cowboys. Uh, I'm not going to say there's going to be 60 points scored in this game as well, but I do expect the Cowboys to take advantage of a Browns defense that I think is, you know, fine, but... Um, it's gonna be interesting to see with their if Tyron Smith plays. You know, Miles Garrett obviously is a one of the better edge rushers in the league. Um, so o- overall, I'm expecting I'm expecting the Cowboys win, and I'm expecting their defense maybe to play a little bit better. And I want to shout out Trayvon Diggs, who's really exceeded my expectations, and he's playing really scrappy and made a really heads up play on DK this past <laughs> week. And you know, he's he's made he's had some his some goofs. Um, throughout the season, but has always made one play in each game that really impressed me. So uh, I'm expecting the Cowboys to win here. And I think the Cowboys are kind of settling into what, you know, at least, I don't know, I thought they were, you know. If the defense was going to compete, they're a Super Bowl contender, but the defense obviously is not very good, and they have the offense to be in every game. Um, It's just going to come down to their execution and not turning the ball over like we saw in Atlanta. 
Yeah, I think these are two. Um, I haven't done a power ranking since before the season, but if I did one now, these teams probably wouldn't be too far from each other in the power ranking. I would probably rank the Cowboys a little bit higher just because I think their offense is more explosive and they uh, just have a better unit all around. But, um, boy, I think the Browns are really going to run this football against the Cowboys. I think they have the best two-headed monster at running back in the NFL like by far with Chubb and Hunt. And I think the Cowboys' defense is just bad, man. Um, there's no really, there's no two ways to put it. Diggs makes scrappy plays, but he, the guy can't cover very well at all. And you know it's not his fault. He's a rookie, so you can't really put too much on his shoulders. But he's going to get cooked. Um, the Browns really can run the football. Their offensive line has impressed me. The Cowboys really better win this game, just considering the fact that they, you know, have an explosive offense and they are a five-and-a-half-point favorite, and, you know, uh, they're, they're obviously in the worst division in football, so there's not too much pressure on them. But this is a game that, you know, if I'm you, Tommy, if I'm a Cowboys fan, I'm really looking for them to win. Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't want to be sweating this one out in the fourth quarter against the Baker Mayfield and the Browns. Um, that being said, man, I kind of like the Browns plus the five-and-a-half here just because I think the Cowboys are going to have some serious trouble um, stopping the Browns' uh, ground attack. I think the Browns are kind of finding their identity. Um, Kevin Stefanski has exceeded my expectations thus far as a play caller and as a, as a head coach by a little bit, I think. Not that I thought he was going to be bad, but I think things are clicking relatively well in terms of them finding an identity, the Browns, that is. Um, and at the end of the day, though, I think this Cowboys offense is a little bit too explosive for this Browns defense. And um, although the run game might work for the Browns, at a certain point they're going to have to start passing it. And you got to believe Baker's probably going to turn the ball over once or twice and the Cowboys are going to end up getting a home victory here. Yeah, I'm kind of with you, Lee. I mean, not much more to say. You guys pretty much covered all the bases. But, I mean, Tommy, for you, if you're a Cowboys fan, I think you're looking for this defense to show some teeth against the Browns and and kind of hopefully have a, a comfortable uh, fourth quarter. Uh, if, if the Cowboys are going to be – I mean, who, they can easily make the playoffs with what's going on in the NFC East right now, but you, you're going to want to see them start controlling some games here as we get to the middle of the season to see if they actually have any – um, ability to do anything more than just make the playoffs as a division winner in a weak division. So um, let's go to this Saints-Lions game where I think, uh, I don't know, at least Lee and I have some some things to discuss <laughs> when it comes to the Detroit Lions. And I'll kick it off. And I'm, I'm not going to be the person who complains about a win, right? I mean, the Lions went to Arizona and forced three turnovers against the Cardinals and won the game. Uh Patricia coached generally well. Um, the offense didn't make any mistakes. They weren't the worst. Um, that there's definitely some things I wish they did differently. Um, same on defense. I mean, it wasn't. I'm not going to say this was a situation where the Lions went to the Arizona and played the best game ever, and the Cardinals played the worst game ever. Um, they forced the turnovers. Give them credit for it. But at the end of the day, not. Again, I don't like complaining about wins. Like, you want your team to win and stuff. But to be plus three in turnovers and with the way that the Cardinals offense played, it's still somewhat disappointing that it still took uh, a field goal as time expired to, to win that game. I don't know. Uh, is that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, the Lions, <laughs> Kyler Murray's interceptions won the Lions that game. I've said it time and time again in the group chat. I believe that if he threw one less interception – that the Cardinals would have won that football game. I completely agree with you, Clep. Um, maybe I would be a little bit more optimistic if the Lions won their game week one and they were 2-1 and one going into this game, and they even if they won in that fashion, just because, you know, 
Uh, they're still one and two. That's the reality. I think the Saints being one and two and the Lions being one and two are completely different things. Um, but I made an oath before the season <laughs> that I was going to pick the Lions in this game, and I'm going to stick to my oath. And this is a spot where I'm going to pick the Detroit Lions to win this game. And I want to stri- I want to say that say what you want about this Lions team, they can beat anyone in the league any given week. Like they are a scrappy team with a really good quarterback, and. You know, I just don't, you know, the Saints very well could blow them out just like the Packers did. We just recently saw the Saints and Packers play a really close game uh, in primetime. But, I mean, man, this is a Lions team that I think I think they're learning week by week. And I think Patricia knows he's coaching for his job. And, you know, weigh that with whatever, you know, weight you want to. I think it means something. Um, they're at home for whatever that's worth. And I think they're finding a bit of an identity. And I think... On the other side of the token with New Orleans, you know, you may or may not be getting Michael Thomas back, but this is a team that, you know, I think they're relying a little bit too much on Alvin Kamara to completely be their offense. Um, Drew Brees is struggling. It's kind of a cliche thing to say at this point. Um, and, you know, this is a great bounce back spot for New Orleans. And I think that, you know, they should be able to bounce back here against a team that they probably are better than. But I think Detroit's going to put that full court press on, and I think it's going to be a close game in the fourth quarter. So um, I'm taking the Leos here, baby. Yeah, um, I, uh, I'm going to take the Saints here. Um, it's going to be interesting to see if Michael Thomas plays. Um, I don't know if we, if Klepp, if you and me talked about it on the last week's pod or if, if Lee and I were just talking about it off um, off air. But just, you know, with the whole thing with Drew's, Drew Brees' arm strength and how his arm strength, I mean, it's probably worse than it was last year, but he's been, his arm strength has been rapidly declining, and it was very evident last year. And well, and it was year, more like last year, too. Like, it started later in the season. Like, it started mm-hmm. beginning to see it more, you know, when we got towards the end of the year and then into the playoff uh, yeah. game. And then now it's just like, it started now. And the, the, he had, like, something like four passes that traveled 15 air yards, and three of them yeah. were in, like, garbage time. So yeah. it's um, he's extremely limited right now. Completely, um, and even you know, I think Michael Thomas being able to come back uh, and and play and be, you know, I was talking to Lee, and it's basically like you they their whole offense is uber West Coast. It's like even it's you know run the ball. It's like get to you know set third and five or third and four, and then get a Michael Thomas slant, and it's just like Michael Thomas is almost an extension of their run game and they're able to just chew up field that way. And the way that Drew Brees is able to process, you know, is, is ultimately incredibly effective. Uh, And, you know, I think him coming in would be huge for them, but even if he doesn't play, uh, I just think the saints, you know, they don't have a better quarterback, but I think their offense is probably about the same as the lions offense in terms of efficiency. Their defense, I think is definitely better than the lions. And Sean Payton, I think, is a much in just leagues ahead of, as a coach than, than Matt Patricia. So I do expect the Lions to hang around in this game. And I wouldn't be shocked if they won just for the same reasons that both of you guys brought up. And their offense can hang around, hang around with anyone pretty much. But I do think that the Saints are a better team here. And I think that, you know, they played, they played a good game against Green Bay. Um, but, uh, you know, they just their offense just couldn't prevail. So obviously I think that's the, the game script that the Lions have to follow um, if they're able to just go score for score with them. But I think that there's going to be some pushback from the Saints defense. And ultimately I just don't see how the Lions defense is going to have a lot of success against this Saints offense. So I'm yeah. in Saints. 
Um, Clep, what's your what's your mentality going into the bye if the Lions win this game? Well, I mean, I'm 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 gonna side with you here, Lee. I'm gonna pick the Lions to win. Um, we'll, we'll just roll with it. Charlie Brown, Let's Charlie go. Brown texted me uh, and JP earlier in the week and regretfully informed us that he would be emotionally invested in this game, uh, and I think I'm gonna have to join him. Um, I mean, look, Lions gate, you know, fourth quarter last week, two defensive stops and two field goal drives to win the game, and then you you know you also had a, a holding penalty that brought back a huge play. Um, that would have, you know, potentially won the game earlier than it had to, and they were able to overcome it and drive into field goal range and, and win it at the buzzer instead. Um, not not to go too deep into the Lions hole here. I know we're trying to do a whole podcast here, Lee, but do we want to make a quick remark on what's happening uh, in the backfield? Because, I mean, just to, just to get it quickly out of the way, my thing with it is like, Adrian Peterson is getting most of the run so far this season through three games. That was especially true uh, last week against the Cardinals. And it's not, I mean, it's working generally. Like Adrian Peterson has been a very effective running back so far. It's not like, Specimen. it's not like two years ago when LeGarrette Blunt was like falling over once he got the ball and like losing two yards. And why is this guy on the team? But it's still frustrating that, you've drafted these running backs in carry on and Swift and your main guy is someone you signed a week before the season started. And DeAndre Swift played five snaps on offense and carry on is like kind of like a pass blocking specialist. So I'm just kind of, I understand like Swift had an injury and stuff, but it's just annoying. (laughs) Well, yeah, the draft picks are indefensible at this point. I think that, you know, we've seen, and Tommy can speak on this more than either of us, but we're all on this train kind of now of this analytical mindset where, you know, at least semi-analytical, where you can get value at the running back. I was just talking about James Robinson, the guy who was undrafted, you know. We're talking about Alvin Kamara, he's a third-round pick, we're talk- or fourth or, or third-round, right? We're talking about, a, there's a lot of running backs, Aaron Jones, fourth-round you can find value later in the draft, and you don't even have to hit a home run. But to spend two second-round picks, this is just my where my dilemma is that I just can't understand. You spend in 2018 and in 2020, in two of three years, you spend your second-round pick, one of them the third pick in the second round, and one of them the ninth. They both were like top 40 if I'm... If, top, yeah, top, top they're top 45 yeah. picks in the draft. You spend them both on running backs. And then the Washington football team, a bottom five team in the NFL, cuts their 35-year-old Adrian Peterson. And respect to Adrian Peterson, you're right, Clep. It is working. That's aside the point for me. This man gets cut, and you sign him to be in addition to the backfield, and now he's your starting running back. It just doesn't click for me. It just doesn't make sense. And sure, maybe these young guys need time. You can say that with Swift. With Carrion, I feel like it's like, I think the carry-on ship has kind of sailed. Totally. I think that the the window for carry-on Johnson to be the Lion, Detroit Lions running back is closed. And that I have a major, major problem with that, not only because it's a reality, but because DeAndre Swift was just drafted this year, and now it seems like, well, what's this guy's role going to be for the rest of the season and then next year and then the year after? Like, what? what are where's the... You know, where's the foresight? Where's the direction? It just doesn't seem like there's any. And, you know, I don't want to overreact to draft picks, but this has been a reoccurring theme in the Quinn regime, and it's something that 
I think every Lions fan has the right to take issue with is this is the nonchalant ability to draft these running backs, you know, unparalleled to any other team in the league. And then you're not even utilizing these guys, whether it be bad scouting, whether it be bad schematics. I don't know. But you it, it none of it makes sense in any way whatsoever. And that's why I have such an issue with it. So, I mean, we'll see what happens against the Saints, but most likely Adrian Peterson's going to be seeing 60 to 70% of the snaps in the backfield. Yeah, all right. We can we can move on to the Seahawks and Dolphins. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that the Seahawks are only six-point favorites here. I know they're traveling east and, and all that, but, I mean, the Dolphins got hot against a, a bad, bad Jacksonville defense, and ultimately I kind of trust the Seahawks to piece some things together on defense. I mean, they've been pretty horrible given yardage-wise, especially on defense this year. But I kind of just trust Bobby Wagner and some of those pieces and just the coaching overall to, to get them right a little bit to the point that they'll be able to beat the Dolphins by more than six. Yeah, I think this is a stay away for me just because um, I think this Miami defense is good, man, especially mm-hmm. if they're getting Byron Jones back. Um well coached. Where are my Flores guys? You guys were picking the Jags last week. I'm, I'm ashamed. I would have said something um, on the pod because uh, I think that I was the least Flores guy out of us three, but I still think that he's building a pretty solid foundation down in Miami. And I'm not going to, you know, wax poetic here. I think that the Seahawks will win this game. And if I had to play a number, I probably would lay the six with Seattle. I think it's probably a safer bet. But, you know, I understand why the line is there. I understand why I moved down from seven because um, the Seahawks defense has not proven anything yet. And the Dolphins defense, if healthy, um, they got a few guys who can really get after it between Wilkins and Van Noy and Jones. Um, uh, yeah, so I think that this might be a little bit, you know, going to going to Miami. They're on the road. The Seahawks are. Um, I think it might be kind of some... Some, a sluggish first half maybe for Seattle perhaps, and they pull away later. You know, the Seahawks have a tendency to kind of make things a little more interesting than they need to be, at least in the past. So we'll see if they can kind of defy that, um, you know, that trend, uh, you know, this Sunday. Yeah, I'm on the Seahawks. Yeah, Lee, I think that the key word for you that probably di- differentiates uh, me and you on this game is in the past. Because I think this Seahawks team... You know, what What would you give the line if the Chiefs were, were coming to town in Miami? I think the Seahawks offense is this Seahawks. I mean, this team, the, the defense, everything you guys both said about the defense, I completely agree with. I'd probably make the Chiefs like an eight and a half or a nine. Yeah, I mean, probably. And I'm not saying the Seahawks should be this, you know, favorite the same as the Chiefs. But I think offensively, this, you know, the Seahawks are 1A in, in the NFL right now in terms of an offense. And... You know, we're, we're going to get into the Chiefs and Ravens games, I'm sure, later. But I still think Baltimore is the best defense in the NFL. And, you know, obviously defenses are coming along a little slow this, this year. But I just don't think – I just have a hard time seeing the way that the Seahawks offense is playing. It seems to me like the change in philosophy from Schottenheimer is not just a fad that they were trying to pull out in week one. It seems to me that this team is really trending in the right direction offensively. And then defensively, you know, they've been bad in terms of, of points, but two of those games they play. I mean, they played the Falcons, the Patriots, and the Cowboys, who all I think have top ten offenses in the NFL. So I don't, you know, and I think Miami's squirrely on offense. Fitzpatrick, I mean, we know he's been doing this, I guess, for the past two years um, where he's had the, the Fitzmagic season. But 
I still think that the Seahawks, Clep, I kind of agree with your sentiment where I'm kind of surprised that this is especially under seven on Fox Bet. Um, this is the second leg of my Cardinals, my Cardinals Seahawks NFC West parlay special. Um, on Fox Bet, you can get it right now for plus 115. So I obviously lost some major uh, closing line value on that, but I'm, I'm pretty darn confident in the Seahawks to win comfortably in Miami this weekend. The uh, Chargers also traveling from west to Florida to play the Buccaneers. Buccaneers are minus seven here, and I like them at that number as well. Uh, Herbert uh, kind of had a come-back-to-earth game, I guess, <laughs> a little bit after the uh, the Chiefs start. Um, wasn't able to do a, a whole lot against uh, the Panthers, who have a pretty bad defense. Yeah, he was able to get them kind of in position towards the end there, but still um, making some rookie mistakes here and there, and I just... Wasn't a big fan of Herbert in the draft process, and I mean, I'm happy he's starting. I think it's just better for the Chargers to have him out there than Terod, um, no matter how unfair it might be that Terod lost his job because of a, of a medical uh, you know mistake by a doctor. But uh, I kind of think that the Bucks defense is, is one of the better ones in the NFL, and I think with every passing week that this offense is just going to start clicking a little bit more. So uh, I like the Buccaneers minus seven. Yeah, Clep. Something about the full seven kind of shies me away just because I think this is a good defense with the Chargers. But if I had to pick a number, I would, without a doubt, pick the, the seven with Tampa just because I think Tampa, you talk about a couple teams finding their groove. This is a team that's really finding their groove. And Clep, we talked a little bit about it pre-pod, most notably on the defensive side of the ball. I mean, we're looking at a really, really great defensive line, some solid downhill linebackers and a young secondary that's rallying like, you know, kind of like we thought they would before the season. Um, the offense kind of has a little bit of work to do to, to, to find their groove, but I think they're in that, you know, they're, they're on that track. And ultimately, I think this is a spot where Tampa Bay kind of needs to get a home win here against a team that they're better than. Um, and that's what it comes down to. So the fact that, like I said, it's a full seven probably shies me away where I'm not going to be playing this game on the spread. But uh, I really like Tampa in this game. I like them to roll, and I think Herbert's going to continue to struggle on and off in his rookie year. I don't think that the Chargers are, you know, the playoff contender that some folks thought they were before the season, with or without Tyrod. Yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, I don't think I'd lay the seven with with Tampa either, especially with the low total. Um, you're kind of expecting Tampa to win by seven, and yet the game's going to stay under under 43. But I think you guys touched on the Bucks defense which you know for my money right now is probably a top three definitely a top five unit I think they're really coming together well you Lee, Lee touched on it Klepp you touched on it too um and then their offense yeah is figuring it out and this Chargers defense is, is still good and is playing hard but I do think that you know Brady's played well for what it's worth the losing Chris Godwin for the next couple of weeks is going to be a tough a tough pill to swallow but I still think they're going to be able to roll on um, relatively easily. I'm, I'm definitely going to shy away from, from the number, but definitely lean with, with the Bucks on this one. Um, yeah. Um, the Baltimore Ravens traveling to the Washington football team after a tough loss on Monday Night Football. Biggest line of the week, minus 12 for the Ravens. Um, definitely an interesting game. I mean, both both of these are Maryland teams, so, you know, a little... Yeah. Uh, it would have been kind of fun to see see the fans, what the, the differential would have been in a, in a normal year. Um, Tommy, do you think that the Ravens are in a bounce-back spot here where they can win by more than 13 after kind of a rough showing? I was going to say I totally think they are. Um, I think, you know, I, I touched on it earlier. I think 
what we saw from, you know, uh, or I guess I touched on it off pod, um, what we saw from Baltimore against, I picked Baltimore against Kansas City. Clep, you were on the other side as me, and I guess Lee was too in our, in our offline picks. Um, and I think if Baltimore is able to establish a lead and run the ball, and especially going up against this Washington offense, which is basically, you know, Antonio Gibson and Terry McLaurin, and, and then, you know, Dwayne Haskins having to make that successful, which he has not been able to do. Um, I think that Baltimore is going to be able to, you know, start this game off 7-0 and just build from there. And especially coming off a loss, I think they're going to be motivated to get back on the right track. And this is a team that doesn't mess around. I expect to bounce back from the offense and the defense. And I definitely, you know, want to lay the 12 and a half, 13, you know, anything up to 14, I think 13 and a half, I would be comfortable laying with Baltimore. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I'd lay the 13 here. Um, Dude, Dwayne Haskins sucks. Yeah. He's awful. He's not playing Period. well. End of story. He just sucks. The offense Was it sucks. Was three um, interceptions that he threw against the Browns? Yeah. yeah. He, well, even even with the three interceptions, like, take, like, he just sucks. He's just not good at throwing the ball consistently and, like, being decisive, and he's not a very good athlete. He's just, like, there's nothing really about him that is better than average. He's like Rosen. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Um, I, I, they're both, they're bad. Rosen is a different story, I guess. I think Rosen even has more potential than Dwayne Haskins. Um, I think the Ravens are going to crush him. Um, Chase Young isn't playing, like I said. I'm surprised this isn't 14 and a half, honestly, just yeah. to shy some people away from the two touchdown line. Yep. Um, I will be unveiling my weekly parlay. Uh, when we get to the next game, but this 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 is part of it. I will, I will say that much. But yeah, I'm I'm all over the Ravens here in a bounce back spot. And I do want to say, um, that Lamar Jackson performance was uh, was less than stellar. Uh, you know, hosting the the Chiefs, and there's there's definitely been a little bit more exposure on Lamar Jackson as a passer. Um, you know, in that game and recently than we've seen. Uh, in years past, a lot of people were kind of ready to anoint Colin Cowherd, I will cite. I'm a fan of his. Week one, this guy is saying, oh, uh, Russell Wilson, Mahomes, and uh, Lamar Jackson are just in a different category than everybody else. And I thought to myself, well, yeah, Wilson and Mahomes are, and Lamar Jackson can be, but no, no he's nowhere near those guys as a passer. Like, he's not even in the same realm. Um, like... Lamar Jackson is, to me, just like a basically a more athletic, more dynamic version of Josh Allen, possibly. Uh, I don't want to be too disrespectful here. He is the MVP. But, uh, but yeah, so I'm, I'm interested to see kind of how he's going to bounce back against a, a tough Washington defense. But, yeah, like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm laying the 13 here with, with Baltimore, 12 and a half, whatever it may be. Hey, just a quick last note kind of on what you were going on, Lee. I saw like a, a, some, a Baltimore reporter kind of tweeting about what's happening with the Ravens and it's now three losses to the Chiefs with the Mahomes, you know, Jackson eras with both of these franchises. Mm. And he was just kind of saying that nothing really matters about the Ravens or Lamar Jackson until they win a playoff game in this era, right? I mean, you, totally. you lost, and as totally. the one seed, you lost a home divisional playoff game to the Tennessee Titans last year. And the year before yeah. that, you struggled against the Chargers. So, uh, not only struggled, I mean, that was one of the worst yeah. quarterback performances I've seen in my so life. So it's, it's kind of a thing there. You know, you lost to the Chiefs again early in the season. 
Um, this team is very solid. I expect them to at least make the playoffs uh, with the seven available spots in the AFC. And I'm not really going to anoint Lamar Jackson as anything until I see uh, production in the playoffs. So, uh, but I'll, I'll take them along with the 12 and a half uh, for this game. Uh, another game that might be a blowout here are the Giants traveling out west to the Rams. Uh, this Giants team is in the gutter. That's all I wrote. Yeah, absolutely. Shock, shock. Absolutely. Tommy can stroke off all he wants. I mean, this is going to be a good bet down the line. Giants, Skins, who's going to win more games? I don't think the Skins are you'd, running away with anything. You'd cash out. Point, you'd so. cash out right now if you were at the casino. Oh, no, I wouldn't. Yeah, you no, would. I wouldn't. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? This is not, they play they play each other twice. Yeah. You think that's a shoe in 2 and 0, oh, dude? No shot, man. No shot. That's all I'll say there, but um let me give the our our audience the highly anticipated uh parlay of the week here. I'm going Tommy Chalk style, baby. I'm yeah, taking baby. the Arizona Cardinals money line, the Baltimore Ravens money line and then in the Los Angeles Rams money line. All favorites, all lost last week. All looking for a bounce back game. Um, you get an even number there with those three teams, as far as I could tell when I made the bet. So I'm really into this bet. I think all three of these teams are going to win. Um, the Rams. I don't know if I'd touch the 12, uh, just because it's kind of an interesting spot for both teams. If I guess if I had to, I probably would lay the 12 with the Rams. I think it's probably a safer move. Betting on the Giants is not a smart move right now. But, uh, but, yeah, all things considered, man, I, I think the Rams are going to handle business at home. And when it comes to me and Tommy's bet, I mean, I'm not, I'm not panicking by any means. I think these are two teams that are bottom five teams in the NFL, and we'll kind of see how it plays out. Those, those in-division games are going to be so, so hype and pivotal. They, they are. And the Saquon injury obviously, yeah, you know, no, pushed me back a little sucks. bit. But it's a one-game difference, and, you know, I think that the Giants could end up winning two games maybe three this year and the skins could be in that same ballpark so it's it should be it should be a sweat if we push we we fight to unconsciousness to see who, who gets the hundred dollar bill yeah exactly if, if they t- exactly yeah <laughs> um yeah not a lot to add the rams i mean hey i gotta give it up to the rams um the only team total that i bet other than me and lee's head-on-head bet was the rams under eight and a half and it seems to me like they're going to be in that nine to ten uh, win range. Huge pass interference call for you last week. Huge. Oh, huge. Huge. Yeah. Huge. Kept you. Kept a, you alive. And I'm sure we'll get to that Bad with call. the Bills. But that oh, it was an awful call. Like that, that. Let the boys play. Yeah, let the boys play is right. Um, I'm so much. I would much rather take the Ravens on the spread than the Rams. Um, just because, you know, I think. I don't know. I just the Ravens' offense just isn't as much of a sure thing to to really put it on like I think the Ra- uh, or the Rams' offense, excuse me, rather than the Ravens. Um, yeah, I think the Rams are going to win here. Um, I would be tempted to hit the Rams' team total instead, which is at thirty and a half. But that's just a small little lean oh, for man, all those. A lot of points. It it is a lot of points. You don't think they're going to leak the clock if they're up like twenty four to seven in the fourth quarter? I think the Giants' defense is pretty bad, man. Now it's kind of was my whole thing. This McVeigh whole doesn't. Who? I said McVeigh yeah, doesn't. Yeah, McVay. Oh yeah. <laughs> that was that was cla- that's how you know they're gonna score thirty. They're gonna score thirty plus. Yeah. McVay, you know, McVeigh is uh piping them up. But yeah, we can move on. Um, 
definitely the Rams are going to win. That's my survivor action. That's my pick for this week in Survivor is the Rams. So Yeah, this is my favorite game of the week uh, is Patriots-Chiefs. Um, I think it's going to be a really, really good one. I like the Chiefs to win it, but I like the Patriots to cover the six-and-a-half spread. Um, I think that you know Belichick will be able to put something together to uh, put – you know, at least slow down the Chiefs. I don't know how much you can stop them. I, I just wanted to take a second. That throw that Mahomes had to Hardman is just beyond ridiculous. It's like cheating. Uh, Mahomes drops back 12 yards behind the line of scrimmage and then just throws it 55 yards in the air to McCole Hardman. It's like, it's yeah, how are, it's how are you supposed to defend that? It's, it's, just, it's just ridiculous. So, um, I, I, it's I, awesome, it's, man. It's crazy. It's making history. Yeah. We're watching history right now. Um, this is the best quarterback that's ever lived, and I hate being that guy, but he is. I mean, you want to look at just skill set. He's and Jackson no one been is the doing... best basketball player to ever live, but he quit. You know, it's a shame. Who's that? Jackson, his bro. Oh God, uh, we don't need to talk about Jackson Mahomes on this podcast. You can start your own podcast if you want to talk about Jackson Mahomes. Um. I just wanted to say, because I didn't get this in last week, and this was before the Raiders uh, win, the Patriots, I want to say. This Patriots team is absolutely a Super Bowl contender. I agree, Lee. Absolutely I agree. People are a on Super Bowl contender. I would even venture to say that this is the number two team in the AFC right now. This is a team that has impressed me. Uh, I think Cam Newton is... He's been lights out as a passer, which has been really impressive to me with a limited amount of weapons. Um, I'm really tempted to pick the Patriots in this game. I really am. I'm not going to because cooler heads prevail, and it's like I'm I'm going to in pick them probably pick the Chiefs to go 16 and 0 this year because I, that that not that it'll happen, but that'll be probably where I get the most success is just not trying to decipher when they're going to lose and just picking them to win every game. Um, but Klepp, I'm with you there on the spread six and a half. I think this is going to be a close game. Uh, I'm really interesting, interested to see kind of how this defense plays the Chiefs' offense and vice versa, how Cam plays against what I think is a pretty scrappy uh, Chiefs' defense with solid players on, at every level. Uh, Shout-out Willie Gay. Um, but, yeah, Clep, I think you'd be a psychopath to say that this isn't the game of the week. And uh, I'm on the Chiefs, but I'm a little reluctant to, to be on the Chiefs because I really do like the Patriots, and I'm really excited to see this. I think this could be a, a possible playoff matchup. Uh, foreshadow so really looking forward to it yeah i guess i'm slightly uh cooler on you guys and the patriots i still think the ravens uh that's a clear tier there for me and in the top two for the af the afc but i definitely think the patriots are the team to be in the afc east Uh, i think you know they probably are my three and i put the bills probably at four but um you know from the chiefs i i really was thought the Ravens are going to win just because the Chiefs kind of had a sour taste in my mouth from their performance against the Chargers. Um, and I kind of think I'm going to chalk that up, you know, to them playing the Chargers, you know, where they thought Terod was going to start. And then Herbert kind of has his, you know, um, I'm getting, I'm going to play 10 minutes before the game, getting told that magic. Uh, and, you know, the Chiefs defense had a huge, played really well against Baltimore, played a lot better than I thought they were going to. And it's kind of returned to last season's form, I'd like to think. Um, the Patriots, on the other hand, I, I don't know if you guys, I was doing a little, uh, doing a little research and, and Bill Belichick, cause I didn't get to watch much of the Patriots Raiders game. Bill Belichick just completely took away Darren Waller and the check down and made, uh, Derek Carr attack the attack vertically, 
attack the ball downfield vertically. And it just kind of made me, you know, reminded me about how much of a genius Bill Belichick is. And I'm definitely staying away from this game for that reason because I am scared of, you know, I think the Chiefs are going to win and I would lean to them on the spread just because I am skeptical of, of Cam and that offense to get into a shootout with them and score the same amount of points, um, you know, like they were able to do against Seattle, I guess. But I just would probably lean Chiefs. But Belichick's savviness on defense and this defense being one of the better units in the NFL still, I think, especially the pass defense. Uh, you know, definitely I'm just going to watch this as a fan and, you know, stay away. Per, per Yeah, it's tough to bet against the Chiefs, but I tip my cap to anyone who got the Patriots at plus seven. Uh, yeah. Per uh, per Fox bet, the uh, Cowboys at plus 2,000 have the same Super Bowl win odds as the Patriots, and the Saints have higher odds at plus 1,600. Wow. Wow. For what that's, it's worth. I would, well, I mean, the Cowboys and the Saints have the same record, so I guess that's not super surprising. But, hey, the Patriots should be – I think the Patriots are better than both those teams Club. by, like, a fairly significant margin. Are the Bills – do the Bills have better Bills odds better. than the Patriots? Yeah, wow. Wow. Yeah, I definitely would lean Patriots. I know the pa- – I mean, we kind of lost it on the – both the Packers and Seattle had a nice juicy price about two weeks ago, but those have gone down. The Bills – as you mentioned, Tommy, playing the Raiders in Vegas. Bills blew a massive lead, ended up winning it in the end, as we talked about earlier, with a pretty bad pass interference call. But the Rams have had two pretty good ones go their way in recent memory. So I'm not going to hang too much on that. I mean, Josh Allen continues to pass the ball pretty well. He plays football a whole lot differently than any quarterback we've kind of really seen before. It's, uh, I mean, People liken him to Cam Newton. I think he's making better throws than Cam Newton really made uh, in Carolina. But I think there's a little bit more of a uh, wild streak to his game than there was with Cam. Just like throwing it backwards, you know, when he's running down the field to uh, whoever that – I don't know. There was like a play where he threw the ball out of bounds backwards. And getting two personal fouls on him in the last drive of the game in the fourth quarter by like yelling at the refs and then getting a face mask, it's – it's a roller coaster ride, but it's it's kind of a fun one, and it's it's cool to see Josh Allen kind of playing the way he has. And I like the Bills to go into Vegas and and win. I think I don't know. I think the the Raiders win against the Saints was much more of a uh, to me. It's starting to look more of a game about a game of the Saints' struggles than the Raiders actually being um, kind of a contender. Yeah, I don't think you're too far off with that, but uh, I'm picking the Raiders in this game, Ooh. man. I mean, I've I've been. I've been on the Raiders since before the season. I think that the box score doesn't tell the full story with that Patriots game. I actually watched a decent amount of it. Uh, the Raiders scored a touchdown right before halftime. First drive of the second half, drive down the field, miss a crucial field goal, and you know things kind of went from bad to worse from there for, for the Raiders. I don't think they necessarily got trounced by New England, and that's a pretty good Patriots team on the other side, like we were just saying. Um, they're at home. And you know what, dude? I'm going to come out and say it and call me a hater. I'm sick and tired of everyone anointing Josh Allen as the MVP candidate, as the, oh, we told you so. This is now everyone who ever thought Josh Allen would be good. We told you so. Look at him. I'm sick and tired of it. He is playing well. He's played well for three games. We will see if he continues to play this well for the rest of the season. If he does, I will be surprised. I do not think that this is a sustainable way to play quarterback, and maybe I'm wrong. I've been wrong before, but I'm fading him in this spot against Vegas on the road after blowing, nearly blowing a 25-point lead 
and getting a lucky pass interference call, uh, you know, in, in the in the waning moments of the game there. Um, this Bills defense got exposed a little bit in the second half by the Rams, and I think this is a Vegas team that's still hungry, still is going to control the time of possession possibly and run the football decently well. And if they can, you know, keep this game close, uh, I like their chances to win it. So uh, I'll take the I'll take the Raiders here. Yeah, I'm much more on Clep's side of the aisle here. Um, I definitely think the Raiders are squirrely, but in reference to Josh Allen, I you know, I think he definitely belongs on the fringes of the MVP conversation. Like I think him and Kyler are probably even behind you know Mahomes, Aaron Rod. I mean not yeah Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers, and Russell Wilson. I think those is, that's probably like your top five right there for the MVP. Um, well, I'm not saying – well, based on the stats, he's an MVP candidate. I'm just saying that I'm, I'm basically projecting on what totally. the rest of the season is no, going to no, be no, like. I, and I don't, think, I don't think the conversation surrounding Josh Allen is going to be the same after this season that it is right now. I think that this is kind of a sell-high situation for him because I don't think it's sustainable, like I said. And I think Stephon Diggs brings a lot to the offense. And I think this is going to be, I think the Bills should be favored in this game. They're undefeated. They've played good teams. They've, you know, they've beat a good Rams team. The other two teams they played aren't very good, but they still won. Um, and, you know, they're well coached. They've got a solid defense. But I just think that we're, people love to, just like with Lamar and just like with everything else, people love to buy in all the way. And now, ooh, we're with Josh Allen's elite. Josh Allen's an MVP. Josh Allen, oh, we told you so. We, it's just like I hate hearing it, and maybe he'll get his, he'll get his for however long he gets it. But I just don't think it's sustainable. That's kind of the bottom line. So I'm, I'm fading, I'm fading on that. Not betting the Raiders, um, but in pick 'em, I will be picking the Raiders this week. Yeah, I, um, I, I just think right now, Allen, you know, the boneheaded plays and the turnovers, and you know, Clep, what you referred to as, you know, him being some, like something we haven't seen from the quarterback position. I think that is what's going to bring him down. Lee, I think you brought up, brought up a great point with Stephon Diggs. Um, go back to that AFC preview. I was all over those those Stephon Diggs props, over 1,000 yards and over six, six touchdowns, six and a half touchdowns. Um, but, you know, I think Josh Allen is balling right now. Like, he's, he's more accurate than he was last year. He's still not incredibly accurate, but he's just making plays. Um, and I think this Raiders defense is scrappy, but definitely one that can be taken advantage of. Damon Arnett, uh, I still believe in his potential, but hasn't really played. He's out. He's out? Yeah, um, he's out for like six weeks, I'm pretty sure. Well, even, you know, I guess Trayvon Mullins has playing nice, but now not even having Dar- Arnett. I think that the Bills are going to try to try to make this into a track meet, and I think they'll have success in doing that. And I think the Buff- and the Bills defense on the other side of the ball uh, we'll be able to limit the Raiders, uh, you know, pretty much. So I'm gonna I'm gonna pick the Bills in this game. Shout out Brian Dable too. I think that he doesn't get enough credit for what yeah. he's doing as an offensive coordinator. Um, yeah. And Club, what remind me of the guy's name? Daniel Kelly. Shout out yeah. Daniel Kelly for shouting out Brian Dable before anybody did. Um, this guy this guy could be a sneaky head coach candidate. Yeah, well, Dave, I'm pretty sure he got interviews last year. Dable's they they're a wagon man. They've got a really their offense. This is the thing when we were talking about Darnold off. Off camera, like Josh Allen, Stephon Diggs put them over. They, you know, they already had Beasley and Brown who were good, and now you get an elite receiver like Stephon Diggs. You got Kleps boys Dawson Dawson Knox who makes some plays at the tight end position. You got a great offensive line, and you've got two pretty competent running backs, and then you got a solid defense, and then McDermott, Dable, and Leslie Frazier. I mean, that's that's pretty tough to beat. Pats would have been better off with Dawson Knox than Nikhil Harry. 
can say that much. Pass would have been better off with Devin Duvernay than Devin Asiasi. <laughs> um, Eagles, over Sonny Eagles traveling out to the 49ers. The 49ers basically took uh, their entire bench and beat the crap out of the Giants. Eagles traveling across country, uh, needing a win desperately. Uh, they're 0-2-1, have looked pretty horrible, especially mainly due to Carson Wentz uh, having a pretty terrible season up to this point. Um, they're still injured, and the receiver situation is not great. Goddard's out now, um, so it's pretty much only Ertz and Greg Ward carrying this uh, team on offense. And I don't know, Wentz isn't really seeing the field well. It's it's really bizarre. Um, I mean, I don't know if it's an issue with Hertz being in the building and he's like not super confident or what's going on. Um, but I, I'm going to pick the 49ers here just because I feel like the Eagles are going down a dark path. Yeah, the Eagles are the most frustrating team in the NFL, and I hate them. I hate the Eagles. I hate everything about them. They 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 bother me to the core. There's like, how am I supposed to pick this team on the spread on the money line, whatever? How am I supposed to pick this team? You lose to the the football team week one. You gonna you're up 17. You lose to the football team week one. You you tie the Bengals. You're punting it in overtime. I, you're getting penalties. Wentz is playing like he's Dwayne Haskins. It's I'm I'm off I'm off the Eagles train altogether. There's no confidence here um, with the Eagles, and they'll end up probably going seven, eight, and one, and losing the division to the Cowboys, who will go like nine and seven or eight and eight. Um, that's kind of what it's looking like right now. And hopefully, for Eagles fans out there, and for anyone who believed in this team, they can show some fight in a prime time game where it's like, hey, we can. We, we've hit rock bottom, right? We, uh, we lost our first two games. We tied the Cincinnati Bengals, who had the first pick in the draft. It was a rookie quarterback. I know he's impressive, but we're, we're tying teams that are worse than us. Uh, you know, time to look in the mirror, time to reassess. But I, I just don't really see that being the case, and I think this is... I think I'd have to add 40 minutes to this podcast if we want to open a dialogue about Carson Wentz because I think it's kind of a loaded conversation. Um, and I think that there's a lot of different avenues that you can go there. But ultimately, the one avenue I'll go down right now, the quickest one, is that the dude just needs to play better, period. He needs to see the field better, like you said, Clep. He needs to make more accurate throws. He needs to protect his body a little bit more. Um, he needs to not turn the ball over as much. You know, you name it. So... I'm going to be picking the 49ers here. I feel like a fool for believing in the Eagles at all this year. Um, the fact that you're drafting Jalen Hurts over good receivers, I, I, it's just there's a whole lot of question marks in Philadelphia, and I'm not in a position to answer them or believe in them whatsoever. So I'll take the Niners, even if they're friggin' starting Nick Mullins. Yeah, not a lot to touch on the Eagles conversation. I, I don't really know if I have an opinion yet. Um, I think the sample size is almost just maybe a little too small, especially on Wentz. And now I kind of am calling into question Doug Peterson. I just, this whole, there's something weird about this team right now. And Lee, you said 7-8-1. and one, And if they play like they are right now, they're not getting to seven wins. Like this, they need to improve, you know, their play. I feel like this team is either going to, make a you know a comeback all of the Texans a couple of years ago where you start 0 and 3 and go on a little bit of a run and compete with the Cowboys for the division or it's going to be a 6 you know 6-5 win team who's going to have a top 7 pick and you know is deciding whether they're moving on from Carson Wentz or not at the you know at the draft and then the 49ers I mean 
I don't know if this is a, a blasphemous take, but I, I just think Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the NFL. And I just, I'm not going to be comfortable going against him um, and what he's able to do offensively. And I think, you know, Debo's going to be coming back soon. I'm expecting Kittle to play. Uh, and what I brought up to Klepp in last week's pod is I just don't really know how much of a downgrade Nick Mullins is from Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, Garoppolo is, is better, you know, probably, but I think it's very marginal and. Mullins has been in the system for a while. I disagree. I'm sure. I'm sure you do, but I just think the uh, the 49ers are a bit of a blue chip. Well, Nick Mullins won. Nick Mullins was their starting quarterback when they had the second pick in the draft. Yeah. Garoppolo was their starting quarterback when they went to the Super Bowl. And like, just because Nick Mullins beat up on the Giants doesn't really mean that he's like yeah, he, poised. He to also like, was an undrafted rookie when they went got the number two pick, and he's been in the system. I'm not saying. You know, oh, they need to start Mullins over Garoppolo. All I'm saying is he's now been in the system no. for three years. And from what I understand, you're saying that Nick Mullins isn't that big of a difference from Garoppolo. Yeah, like I don't. And I'm think... saying that there's a significant difference there. Maybe not against the Giants. Maybe not against you know some of the the bottom ten teams in the league. But once you start to play some competitive teams, you get good. Um, you get competent Eagles. You get more competent play out of Garoppolo week one. They beat the Cardinals. Like Garoppolo was hasn't been really impressive. Yeah, but I don't. Okay, sure. I don't disagree with that. But if you play Nick Mullins week one, I don't think you're beating the Cardinals. That's not. Like, my, that's not my I, point. I just, they lost to the Cardinals. I'm just saying, how much of an upgrade is Jimmy Garoppolo than Nick Mullins? That's I think he's a significant of... upgrade. Okay. When you're playing good teams. Like I think he's a significant upgrade. I think Jimmy Garoppolo is a solid quarterback, and Nick Mullins is a backup. And that's the difference between those two. And, you know, I don't think Kyle Shanahan's the best coach in the NFL. I think he's awesome. He's, he's a great coach. He's going to be in San Francisco probably for however long he wants to be there for. But uh, I think that Nick Mullins is a system quarterback that is, you know, he's a good backup. He's a, he's a good backup for them. He does his job as a backup. And there's a reason why, you know, I think any conversation regarding Nick Mullins being a starter in any way, shape, or form is would Jimmy be shot Garoppolo down. not a system quarterback? Yeah, he's a starting quarterback though, Tommy. He's a starting system quarterback that they traded a second round draft pick for. Yeah, like he's he's a guy that got them to the Super Bowl. Yes, you know, off like, their running game. You I mean, you picked the Packers. Yeah, sure, last off their year, running game, but could Nick Mullins get them to the Super Bowl that. off the running game? No. He couldn't. Like there there are certain plays that Jimmy Garoppolo can can make that Nick Mullins can't make. Nick Mullins couldn't get Tommy. I know Nick Mullins couldn't get them to the Super Bowl. That's not something that right, would happen. Why I'm did sorry. you? Like, I, yeah, let's let's <laughs> wrap it up here. Let's go. Let's, let's move let's, on. Let's wrap it up. Yeah. Let's go to Monday night game: Packers and Falcons. Uh, I think the Falcons are probably have to have the lowest morale in the league uh, at this point with the way they've lost the last two games to the Cowboys and the Bears. Uh, the Packers kind of just seem like a very solid uh, team that can kind of beat anyone in any given week. Aaron Rodgers is playing great football. Um, doesn't I mean, Alan Lazard had an unreal game against the Saints. So I, I, I like the Packers to cover the seven. I don't know if I touch the line, but I like the Packers here. I think that the Falcons are, like you said, Clep, they're they're decimated. Um, and maybe, you know, hopefully, I, honestly, I don't really care about either of these teams, so hopefully we can see some fireworks, and maybe it's a close game in the fourth quarter, but that seems to be the Falcons' kryptonite thus far. So um, I think Rodgers continues to roll, and, and the Packers get a home win in prime time. Yeah, I don't think I touched the line either, but I think the Falcons are going to be live in this game just because they're 0-3, and they've been live in every game, and 
They were alive against the Seahawks. They were alive against the Cowboys. And, you know, the Bears game was what it was last week. Um, you know, I just think the Falcons are going to be able to keep this close. I guess gun to head, I wouldn't touch it. But I probably would take the Falcons plus seven just because I'm getting the whole touchdown. And I think there's some, some backdoor cover probability there. Um, I just think this is going to be, you know, a shootout. And on the other end, Clep, you summed it up with the Packers being what they are right now, looking like probably the second-best team in the NFC, going up against a Falcons defense that even with um, – What's the kid from Clemson? A.J. Terrell uh, potentially coming back this week. I don't know how much that does uh, to this, you know, this past defense overall. And this is just one of the you know, more porous defenses in the NFL. So uh, definitely on the Packers. Won't touch the line. But if I had to, that plus seven uh, intrigues me with the Falcons offense and their firepower. All righty, boys. It's a good, uh, that's a good week. Uh... Week four recap. I'm um, Lee. I'm, I'm I'm putting it as uh, risky survivors on the Lions. Yeah, me too. Give me. Um, oh man, a lot of uh, a lot of dead air, real quick. Risky survivor. I will go with. Jeez, I'm such a chalk chalk maven. Um, give me give me the give me the Patriots. <laughs> give me the Patriots. Risky survivor. I, I'm I'm all chalk this week. Well, you're not picking them. Yeah, I know, but I mean, all of, I don't like any of the underdogs. <laughs> Give me the Lions. Give me the Lions, baby. You picked the Saints. You're not picking them either. You don't, yeah, if you I don't mean, have a risky no... survivor, Tommy, that's fine. You just don't have one. That's fine. You don't have to have one. you gotta, you got to pick the team that you're picking a risky survivor. That's kind of the name of the game. How about uh, Jets, but I got it on Sunday. Risky survivor Jets. Okay, sure, sure, sure. All righty. Here we go. All righty, boys. Q-stay scheme. <laughs> <laughs>